Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. I just went on the trip of a lifetime and so many people ask me, to podcast about this trip. And so let's get right into it. So a lot of people may or may not know. I feel like people just know what they see on social media or what they might have seen about me on Family Karma, which is the show that I'm on. But I live to travel. That is what I spend my money on. And that's been my life's mission basically since I was a child. I went on my first solo trip. My parents sent me alone back in the 90s, you know, when all that shit was kosher. You know, now, God forbid, you step outside alone. Who knows what's going to happen? But I used to visit my grandparents in Dubai every summer. And so my grandparents, you know, would take care of us. And my parents sent me and my sister for the first time when I was nine and my sister was I think six which is insane to think of now from Miami to Dubai to stay with my grandparents so I took my first trip alone when I was nine and I've been traveling ever since I mean my 32nd birthday I spent three weeks alone in China so I live for travel and I always said 
you know, once I could afford to travel on my own, which was in my late 20s, I always said, you know, I'm going to spend my life obviously working on accomplishing my goals and being the best human I can be. But in addition to that, I just want to see as much of the world as I can before I leave this planet. And so since I started making a good amount of money, which was at 27, I've spent my money, my disposable income on travel. You know, some people buy Birkins or, you know, fun fashion items. You know, me as a dink right now, dual income, no kids. I have and I'm going to spend my money on seeing the world. Having said that, I've seen quite a bit already. But my husband has not because, as many of you know already, and I've mentioned it on the podcast, he's a surgeon. So he spent the last 15 years of his life in school. You know, he didn't have that luxury of just jet setting and traveling, you know, for him, even a weekend off, you know, was like unheard of. He was busy, you know, in residency, in medical school, in fellowship, you know, it's just never ending. And now he works so much. So I spent most of my free time also traveling. And I feel the need to explain that because I got a a few DMs you know, on my IG from my posts, you know, with my recent travels saying, oh my God, you have such a nice husband. Like he's taking you on all these nice trips. And I'm like, um, excuse me. I was always traveling, but I guess people just want to paint a picture in their head and that's okay. You know, it's okay. I'm not mad about it. It's just odd you know, that certain people or certain things that are said are just so far from the truth. Like people message me about my trip and, you know, I should be so grateful to my husband. And I'm like, well, I've been traveling. I've always loved to travel. I've seen a lot of the world. It's not like this was my first vacation because I got married or something and he took me. That's not the case at all. I've been traveling and I've been on many luxurious vacations on my own for the past 15 years, if we're being honest. And so I just wanted to clarify that, you know, travel is what I live for. I think travel really opens up your mind and you just see the world differently and you realize how insignificant you and your problems and your complaints are once you've seen the world. And I'm not, you know, the Dalai Lama, I'm not some know-it-all, but I do think if you're going to invest in yourself, always invest in education and travel. And that's something my parents instilled in me. And I know travel is so expensive right now and I'm privileged, but I also don't have kids I don't really buy clothes, if I'm being honest. And when I do, I'm either wearing my own clothes or hand-me-downs from my mom. Or I'm buying, you know, $20 dresses from Amazon.com. That is the truth. And it probably shows. But you know what? I own it. I don't care. 
and I choose to spend my money on travel. So I just came back from the trip of a lifetime. I went to Israel, Egypt, and Jordan. Now, these are not places you just go to, you know, right off the bat. I think you need to be somewhat of an experienced travel traveler before you go to these places. I am from India. India is a beautiful but crazy place. I would not go to India by myself. I would not go to any of the places I just mentioned, Israel, Egypt, and Jordan. I would not go to any of those places by myself. There are just certain places in the world, you know, I'm going to keep it real. You just don't go to alone, especially as a woman. It's just not advisable. I chose these places because I have always wanted to see the pyramids. So Egypt was the reason for this trip. And then when I looked on the map, I saw that, you know, Israel and Jordan were literally 45 minutes to an hour flight away from Egypt. And I thought, you know what, we're going all the way there. Let's try to see all these places. And my husband, who is a new traveler, you know, we've already been to so many places because, you know, that's what I love to do. And that's what we do on our time off. You know, we've been to Europe, we've been to Iceland, you know, that's as adventurous as it's gotten for him. But, you know, even though he's my husband, and he's the man in quotation marks, as in, you know, the the protector, you would think, I felt like I needed to protect him because I was the one that came up with this idea to go to these places. And I'm just having an honest conversation. I don't want to insult or offend anybody. It, these are dangerous places. They're not, you know, places where you can just walk around by yourself. So just right off the bat, you know, I had this anxiety that we needed to come back home in one piece, right? Like come back home safely. So all we have really is like TripAdvisor and, you know, I don't know anyone in my circle of friends that have been to any of these places. So I had to rely on TripAdvisor. That's not an ad, not sponsored. And reviews online and Reddit, you know, believe it or not, there's a lot of good information, you know, regarding travel on Reddit. So I planned this trip and planning a trip comes easily to me. You know, I can plan a trip within a day. And so I planned everything out, booked all the flights and uh, it was a 15 hour flight. And that's short, you know, India alone is about 17 hours. And on this flight, my flight attendant was Indian And he was the sweetest man on the planet. And he asked me if I wanted chai. And he was just so nice the entire flight that I couldn't refuse. You know, I didn't want to be that crunchy, gross Indian that's like, no, I actually don't like chai. And 
I'm dairy free, like ill, like who does that, you know? So I said yes to the chai. And then I took a sip, you know, to be polite. And then I gave it to my husband who loves chai. And he said it was really good chai. And then the flight attendant comes back around and he sees that my husband's drinking it. And he's like, oh my gosh, let me make you another one. And I was like, no, it's okay. And he's like, no, it would be my pleasure. So here I am chugging this dairy and I spend the next 15 hours of the flight, you know, just gassy, gassy and gross. And there's a difference between gassy and farty and just gassy. Like this was just like bloating and weird gas pains with no release TMI. And all of this because I didn't want to be a fraud Indian and just be like, you know what? I actually don't drink chai. I actually hate chai. I'm not a chai drinker. For as much as I say the word chai, I'm not a chai drinker. So our first destination of the trip was Jordan. We landed in Amman, Jordan. And right off the bat, we are taken to Petra. We literally land and it's 2.40 a.m. And there's a driver with my husband's name, you know, with a sign waiting for us. And I found this driver on Reddit. And it was a website called We Go Cabs Jordan. If anyone goes to Jordan, highly recommend. If anyone needs the information, feel free to email me or DM me. And, you know, he seemed like a nice guy, but I'm traumatized from a prior trip last year that we took to Turkey because our driver, who we didn't hire, just like the driver transfer, you know, the transfer from the airport to the hotel, uh, picked us up from the airport and then midway, you know, while driving, because the airport in Istanbul is very far from the main city. So midway, you know, halfway through, I notice that the car is like, you know, moving weird and the guy was sleeping and we're on the highway full speed. So that was traumatic. And I've just been traumatized ever since. And so it's 2.40 a.m. And I tell Ali, our driver, please, you know, this is what happened to us in Istanbul. Like, are you sure you're awake? Like, if you need to sleep or do you need a coffee? Like, just let us know, you know, we have no problem waiting till the morning. Like, it's okay. Because you get to Amman and this is kind of what you do there, right? You get to Amman and then you have to drive to Petra for three and a half hours because there's no high-speed train happening. You know, there's no helicopter. And, you know, I even looked up private jets, hon, and the rate was $8,000. So that was a no-go. And, you know, I made sure Ali was awake. So we drive three and a half hours to Petra. It's 3 a.m., The great thing about this is we get to Petra at 6.30 a.m., beat the crowds because the tour buses leave Amman at 6. So by the time they get to Petra, it's 9, and I heard it's a shit show and a clusterfuck, and there's thousands of people, you know, in Petra in the old city. So we were getting there at 6.30, taking, you know, our time in peace without the crowds, looking at, you know, the old city. 
But the three and a half hour drive there was terrifying. We stopped at this little shack, you know, for coffee. And shout out to the Jordanians. You know, your coffee is pretty bomb. I'm not a coffee drinker, but this is like straight liquid caffeine with cardamom, which was really interesting. And I've decided I'm not going to sleep because I'm going to make sure Ali doesn't sleep. So I've taken on the responsibility of just being anxious the entire trip that we're going to come back alive. And for this particular car drive, I'm going to make sure I'm awake to check on Ali. So that entails me having random, stupid, annoying conversations with Ali. You know, he probably wanted to just throw me out of the car after three hours because I kept talking to him to make sure he was awake. And that was exhausting for me as well. So we drive three and a half hours. We end up at this shack, you know, for coffee midway, you know, it's like a little 7-Eleven, but imagine like 7-Eleven was a cardboard box. Like that's what this was. And they have these little coffee shacks like every 15 minutes. It's pretty amazing considering you're in the middle of nowhere. There are no street lights. It is pitch black. And the only other vehicles around you are like those, you know, trucks that are delivering like cement you know, like there's no normal car happening. And so I'm talking to Ali. He's really nice, but I'm sure he's like, shut the fuck up. Like my favorite color is blue. Like, please stop talking. So we get to Petra. By the grace of God, I'm very happy that we get there safe. And Ali is going to be our driver for the next three days because there's no high-speed train, like I said. And the only way to get around Jordan is either with a tour company where you're with a bunch of people and that's fine, but you're delayed because you're just, you know, going at times that the tours go on. And they're basically going when every location is super crowded because that's when all the other tours are arriving at these, you know, tour tourist attractions. So I've decided to go with Ali and we're doing things on our own schedule, which is actually much faster than the tour, the tour companies. So we get to Petra and what a mind blowing experience we get there. And, you know, you have these slot canyons and we get there and my husband's like, so we basically, paid to go to the Middle East to be in Arizona. And I was like, yeah, except this was created like a thousand years ago and there's like cities carved into the caves. And he's like, gotcha. But I had to say he was, he was accurate. We paid a lot of money to go see the Grand Canyon in the Middle East. It was absolutely stunning and breathtaking. The sight of the camels and the donkeys is just painful. I, you know, again, don't want to be the Dalai Lama, but if you travel, I really encourage you not to ride horses or pet tigers or go on camels. You know, these animals are just so abused it's it's awful, you know, 
that's probably what hell is like that you come back as a camel and you have to you know take tourists on tours on your back like I can't imagine what the camel's thinking or feeling it's just pure suffering but you know there's nothing I can do other than like not ride the camel myself and tell other people please don't ride the camels or the horses or don't deal with animals on your tourist vacations like these are wild animals like let them be free and wild so after Petra we go to this little cafe in the area we've decided not to stay in Petra because we want to stay in Wadi Rum which is the desert in Jordan and Wadi Rum looks like Mars, you know, Star Wars was filmed there, The Martian was filmed there, so many other movies have been filmed there, but it basically looks like Mars, and there's nothing there, and we have our little lunch in Petra at this amazing cafe called Rainbow Cafe, and our driver, Ali, comes over with this steaming hot bread, this flat bread, it looks like huge slices of pizza but it's really floppy it was some of the best bread I've ever had in my life and highly unrelatable when I say I'm not a bread person but this was incredible probably some of the best bread I've ever had in my life and we asked him you know how much was this bread and you know he's literally gotten us like a huge bag of bread like there's probably 50 pieces of bread and he said it was 40 cents I mean unbelievable and we had this delicious hummus and all the things you want to eat when you're in the Middle East you know tabbouleh you know everything was just delicious and then we made our you know three-way drive to three-hour drive to Wadi Rum Again, we're going through these peaks and canyons. I'm like, I hope we don't just fall off the cliff. And Ali is really excited to show us all the cliffs. So he's driving up to the edge of these cliffs because he wants us to get our little photos. And I'm just like, no, we're good. We're good, hon. We don't need to drive to the edge of the cliff. But he's like, don't be scared with me. Because I was like, I'm scared. And he's like, don't be scared with me. And there's something about Middle Eastern men. I mean, just their baritone. I mean, just the way they talk. They're just so masculine. It's it's really a turn on, you know, if, if I may say so with my husband, you know. It's the way they talk. I mean, even when we were in Turkey and we went on the girls trip and we were all getting off the hot air balloon. I mean, these men were picking us up from the hot air balloon with one arm, just like slinging us over, you know, from the balloon to the ground. There's just something about Middle Eastern men. You know, they're just, they're probably the most manly men I've ever encountered. The way they talk, the tone, their pitch, I mean, everything, the way they handle things, you know, God knows what they're doing, you know, behind closed doors, like all men. But I may say they're probably the most manly men that I've met, Middle Eastern men. They just they just know what to do. And they're not afraid of anything. So 
my husband's passed out. You know, that's his favorite pastime. I don't blame him. He works really hard. He's passed out. And of course, yours truly is, again, having weird conversations with Ali to make sure he's driving okay, you know, because God forbid we drive off a cliff. And now it's about noon and we make our way to the desert. And now he drops us off at this weird looking place and as my husband said he's like great you brought us to like fire festival in the middle east and i'm like no babe like i'm sure there's you know more to this so ali can't drive through the desert with his car these you know this area is really only allowed for the bedouin people and that's the desert people of these regions and they operate these special jeeps and only they can drive in the desert. So Ali drops us off in what looks like Fire Festival, you know? And there's these random camels there. It's like donkeys, camels, and like a trailer. It's really weird. And we're sitting there with all these other white people. <laughs> We've all come here to do the same thing, right? To go stay in this bubble hotel that we've booked, you know, luxury bubble hotel in the middle of Mars. And all of a sudden, you know, the desert guys come and they throw all our luggage in these Jeeps and we head to the desert. What is mind-blowing about this is a lot of strange things hap happen, right? A lot of coincidences happen in life. And on this trip, quite a few happened. So the first of many, well... My husband got one of those like life insurance postcards in the mail a couple of weeks ago and the postcard was of a red Jeep with his name on it and it was in the desert and he really wanted to keep it on the fridge and I was like fine babe just because it's cute and it's got your name on it like sure like put it on the fridge. We get to the desert and the Jeep that picks us up is the exact same Jeep as the postcard that's on our fridge right now at home. It was a red Jeep in the desert. It was just so weird. And we hadn't even planned this trip when we actually got that postcard in the mail from like a random life insurance company. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So that was weird. And so we get on the Jeep and let me tell you, we had to register with the police station, the local police station, because tourists tend to wander and they get lost because everything looks 
the same. And so I told my husband, you know, we're just staying in our little bubble hotel because the last thing I need is like, we got lost in the desert because we wanted to explore. So we registered ourselves, which was really scary and weird and interesting but you're also like why am I here like this is weird and then once you get to the actual hotel it makes sense because you drive you know with the desert guide for about a good 30 minutes and you don't know where you are because everything does look the same it's like red sand and red rock and you finally see these bubbles approaching and we got to our bubble hotel And it was the coolest experience of my life, you know, and this was bougie. Like this is as glamping as it gets. I've never been camping. I don't intend to. This is how you glamp. I mean, there was hot water, a shower. There was a bubble lobby, you know, with like a full bar and restaurant and Wi-Fi. I mean, this was just mind blowing the setup. It was called Wadi Rum UFO Bubble Hotel, if anyone decides to go. And it was epic. So we get there and we're just in awe of the room and the bubble and just the landscape. And, you know, we sign up for a stargazing tour in the evening. And then we did that. And let me tell you, we we had this guy who lives in the desert the Jordanian, he was a Jordanian local. And we had these massive telescopes. Like, I didn't even know they made telescopes this big. I mean, these things were huge. And we looked at planets and stars and, you know, gases and the Milky Way. And you just feel so insignificant. Like, what is the meaning of everything? Like, I don't know. You know, after this trip, I... Every trip I go to, I just question everything because I just come back with a new sense of, you know, appreciation and gratitude, but also just questions like, why? Why? Why are we here? What is the point of everything? Like, I don't know. So we really enjoyed the desert. And I would say this is the time of year to go because it gets really cold, you know, It's like in the 40s, but it's better than, you know, 110. You know, it's basically like Scottsdale, like my husband said. You know, it's like desert weather in the summer. It's brutal. And you definitely don't want to walk around these parts sweating and lost, you know. And it was 40s, 50s, I'll say. And it was just perfect, even though it was really cold, because there's no heater or any of that happening, you know. You're in the desert. You're glamping. So we enjoyed the full next day in Wadi Rum. And I was like, Ali, where where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to go sleep with my friends in the desert, like in some tent camp. I'm like, okay. So he met up with us the next day, you know, like at noon. And then we drove another four hours to the Dead Sea. And it's kind of like a circle. You start at Amman, then you go to Petra, Then you go to Wadi Rum, the desert, and then you drive four hours back to the Dead Sea, which is an hour from Amman. And it's like a loop. And this is what every tour company does, except they start very late in the day. 
and we started very early. So we drove four hours to the Dead Sea, and it's just terrifying because, again, it's just desert. There's nothing but black sand, brown sand, red sand, camels, donkeys, and then, like, guard checks, you know, every few hundred miles, there's like guard checks. And, you know, these guys have got AK-47s and they're making sure there's no human trafficking and, you know, that you're American citizens and they're opening your trunk. And it's, you're just making sure you're not going to be part of the movie Taken. Like, I'm not going to be part of some documentary in 10 years because I wanted to go to Jordan, right? And so... Again, husband is asleep, and I'm here talking Ali's ear off. You know, I'm like, how did you meet your wife? And he's just like, please shut up. (laughs) Just enjoy the drive. You know, at one point, he even started blasting Indian music, you know, because he was probably like, can you stop talking? Like, this is the country. This is the music of your country. Like, please just listen to this and shut up. And so we finally made our way to the Dead Sea, and it was just incredible. And Israel, well, a lot of people don't know, Israel's right across the street, hun, like right across the Dead Sea is Israel, and you can see it. And it's just wild. And I've heard, for those of you who may be interested in going, that the Jordanian side is the better side of the Dead Sea because it's more established, it's got more resorts, and... The Israeli side is more barren, you know, it's not really uh, tourist-friendly. And so, you know, I'm just making sure we're not taken, and then we get to the Dead Sea, and we have our little photo shoot. I ask, you know, uh, one of the guys in the Dead Sea area to take our photos. It is freezing, but, you know, there's a German tourist group, and they're all in the sea, and they're floating, and they're living it up and I'm like it's cold and they're like no it's not and I'm like yeah because you're from like the fucking tundra you're from Germany you know I'm from Miami like this is fucking freezing and my husband you know what a champ he goes in because he's like I don't know when we'll ever be back in the Dead Sea like I'm gonna float and he goes in and then of course people are like how is the Dead Sea did you float and I was like I wouldn't know because I went up till my ankles because I was freezing And so we had our little hour there, and then we continued on back to Amman, and we had the most incredible falafel with Ali, and Ali was such a doll, you know, he just thought we were so kind and generous, he said most people didn't treat him the way we treated him, and so he wanted to treat us to eat at, you know, Hashem, which is the restaurant I wanted to go to in Amman. And it's the best falafel place in Amman City. And I, you know, insisted, you know, we want to treat him. And he's like, no. And so our driver ended up treating us to a full-blown dinner at Hashem. And it was some of the best falafel and hummus I've ever had in my life. And then we went to an area called Rainbow Street. And in and around that area, we had the best canefe, which is like the crunchy noodles and the cheese and the syrup, the best canefe I've ever had in my life. Uh, it's from a place called Habiba, and it was de- 
delicious. And I'd say Aman and Jordan and the people, so kind. I felt very safe. You know, it was just such a lovely experience. And if you ever need a driver, you know, DM me, email me, contact me. I highly recommend We Go Cabs. That was the name of the company. And the driver's name was Ali. They have many drivers, but our driver's name was Ali. And he was fantastic. And then we flew to Israel, which is just a 45-minute flight. And it's quite funny because we had water bottles and we weren't sure if we could, you know, take the water bottles with us on our flight. But, you know, I asked the security guard, you know, at the gate, can we take these water bottles? And he looked at me and he was like, why not? And me and my husband just started giggling because that would never happen in America, you know. And again, another PSA, I'm all for security checks. I'm all for the safety of our country and the nation. But there is so much water, being wasted with this whole water bottle situation. You know, the amount of water people throw away because we can't take it through security. Like, there has to be a better way. And I'd say we were able to take our water in these countries. And, you know, it's just throwing the water away just sucks. And somehow we were able to take away the water with us in these countries. And it just felt good. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. Like... I hope they find a way here in America to preserve the water or where we can walk in with our water bottles because so much water is being wasted. So we got to Israel and our first plan of action was to go through Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is an hour away from Tel Aviv and we took the high-speed train. It's a 30-minute train from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and it was incredible because I've been to a Christian school most of my life, and I have a lot of Muslim friends, and I have a lot of Jewish friends, and just to be part of all that history was, you know, you really feel it, you know, when you're in Jordan and Egypt and Israel, you just really feel the power of the history, you know, it is spiritual. There is a power in all of it. And Jerusalem blew my mind. You know, I'd like to go back and even spend a couple of days there just walking around because there's just so much to explore. You know, we saw we saw all the key sites. We saw the Western Wall. We saw Via Dolorosa, which is, you know, the path that Jesus walked on. We saw the Church of the Sepulchre. I mean, so much to see. Mount of Olives. I mean, the Tower of David. I could go on. And you're just in awe. You're just speechless because there's so much history. And I don't belong to any religion. And I felt something there, you know. So you don't really have to be part of any religion to feel something, I'd say, because there is a power in the place. There's a place has energy too. Places have energy. And what's odd is that in the news, you know, we're told that everyone hates each other over there in those parts of the world and everyone's fighting. But when I went there, I saw Muslims, Jewish people, and Christians 
getting along, living side by side. I mean, everything is written in English, Arabic, and Hebrew. So I just saw everyone getting along over there. What's crazy about the landscape, and you can see why, you know, in the Bible, Israel was called, you know, the promised land or the land of milk and honey, because even on the map, it's just mind-blowing. We just came from Amman, which is just this desert. And then you have Egypt on the other side, and Israel's in the middle. And Israel is green. Israel's like European. It's got the Mediterranean. It's like lush and green. And then it's surrounded with desert. And so you can only imagine what the people back in the day you know, were thinking because they're surrounded by these desert lands. And then you come across Israel and it's green and it's just wild. And, you know, even my husband looked it up from space. You know, you see the rest of the region and it's brown because it's a desert. And then you see Israel and it's green. So I definitely felt, you know, a power and an energy in Jordan and in Israel And we really enjoyed ourselves. And then we made our way back to Tel Aviv and we just, you know, enjoyed the city. It's a cosmopolitan city. And I was pretty surprised that it reminded me of India. You know, I thought Israel would be more first world, but these are all third world countries. And so I just didn't expect that, you know, from Israel. I thought it would be more you know, developed, but it reminded me a lot of, you know, like, like Mumbai, you know, it's crowded, it's congested and, you know, the infrastructure, things are, are falling apart, but it was, that's the beauty of it, right? I felt like Jerusalem was, you know, more maintained than Tel Aviv. And I'm not here trying to offend anyone again. I'm just telling you what I thought, you know, I, I thought Israel would be more like a, you know, European country, but it's very much, you know, you know, still third world, I'd say. And I love, I love every place I go to, you know, everyone asks me, what's your favorite place? And I I can't say because I like every place I go to and every place has something unique to offer. Let's just say I've never been somewhere and didn't like it. So we ate at a delicious restaurant call Habasta and they had the most delicious citrus salad. I'm going to try and recreate that for you and post that on IG at some point. And then we had the most amazing hummus at Abu Hassan and another place called Azure in Jerusalem. I mean, we don't know what hummus is in America. After you eat the hummus over there, I mean, you can't even talk about hummus here. I was very impressed with the train stations in Israel. And, you know, my husband even said, like, why does a train station in America look like a toilet that hasn't been flushed in a hundred years? But a train station in Israel is like spotless and stunning and well-maintained and clean. I mean, what is it about us that can't have like, clean public bathrooms and clean, you know, places for public transportation. I don't get it. But after we had our time in Israel, we went to Egypt. And, you know, seeing the pyramids, 
has been a dream for many years. So we're in Egypt. We flew there. It's an hour flight. And we stayed at the Four Seasons. And there's so many great hotels. You know, once you're in Egypt, there's so many wonderful hotels to stay in. And they're all affordable. And in Jordan, Egypt, Israel, you've got all these fancy hotels. You know, they're all stunning and just beautiful. And we stayed at the Four Seasons on the Nile. And I get a message from a page six reporter saying that, you know, hey, um, we found out who your husband is and we're going to post it. And at that point, there's nothing I can do. They literally said we're going to post it within the hour. And it's a shame because we were saving the reveal for the season finale, you know, with Bravo. And I haven't been posting because, you know, the network wanted me to wait till the season finale. It's not that we were hiding him or something like that. It's just we wanted, you know, the viewer to have something to look forward to. So at this point, there's nothing I can do. And I'm like, I'm in Egypt. I'm going to enjoy my vacation. And I also know who leaked it. And it is what it is, you know. It's always someone you know. And so, you know, Bravo's like you know, we're trying to stop it, but they're going to post it anyway. And I was like, you know what, it's it's fine. Like, it is what it is. And so page six revealed my husband. Uh, they posted a photo of him from a decade ago. And you know what? It is what it is. So we meet our guide in Egypt, and he was awesome as well. And you need a guide in all these places. Like I said, you don't just venture off on your own. And of all the places, I'd say Egypt felt the most unsafe, even with the guide. There was just like some places had really dark energy. Uh, I hate to say that, but it's just the case. Like men, men were staring in, in a way that was not good. But seeing the pyramids, going to Luxor, and seeing the temples, I mean, you just marvel at how the pyramids and all these temples came about. You know, they, how did they build these structures without tractor trailers, without the technology? You know, you don't know, and you're visiting these tombs, and it's, it's just wild that all of this existed, you know, way before we had any sort of actual machinery, and so, you know, the last night in Egypt, we had hired a photographer and we said we wanted to take these photos in the pyramids, you know, and there was a professional photographer, but our guide said, you know what, you really want to use a Bedouin, you know, the local desert people, because they know the exact spots. And Again, we followed this Bedouin guide in the desert. You know, our driver guide had left us, and he's like, you're with him now in the pyramids. We're literally just walking through the pyramids, and it's crazy because you literally go from the city, and you see the pyramids, and you're in the city, and then you're walking and walking, and then the next thing you know, you're in the middle of nowhere, and all you see is desert and pyramids and camels. And it's crazy. And he asked for $20. 
And he took the most fabulous photos of us in the desert with the pyramids. And it's something I've always dreamed of doing. And I'm just thankful that I found my unicorn to do it with. And, you know, the photos make me really happy, and I'll be posting them soon. But um, our last night in Egypt, I really wanted to go to the bazaar, the Khalili Market. And there's a cafe there called El Fishawe. And so we get to the cafe, and it's just chaos. And the driver can't go in with us. And so he tells us where to meet us, like right outside this mosque. And we're trying to cross the street. Cars aren't stopping. It's like India, you know, like you will get run over. And we get to the cafe, and I was so excited to be at this cafe. But then it was just really scary. I mean, you have people you know, groping you, grabbing you, trying to sell you things in the cafe and just people staring at you. And, you know, there are a lot of tourists there as well. And everyone kind of felt uncomfortable. And so I'd say you really need to be careful in Egypt. And I'd compare it to India. You know, I I wouldn't go to India alone. And I would probably go to Egypt also with a bigger group. You know, it was just me and my husband. And there were times we felt scared even with our guide. But overall, it was the trip of a lifetime, you know. And our plane journey back, we flew back. And I decided to have baked beans in Frankfurt, our layover in Frankfurt Airport in Germany, in the lounge, um, yeah, ate all the delicious hummus and falafel in all these Middle Eastern countries, and then I had to fucking eat baked beans in Frankfurt, and let's just say we, well, we, not we, me, I was shitting my brains the entire 15-hour flight home from San Francisco to, well, from Frankfurt to San Francisco. My asshole was chafing. It was on fire. And I'm not a noob, okay? Like I told you, I've had IBS for many years. I no longer have it because I follow a plant-based diet now, and that kind of cured it. But, um, yeah, I you know, I have the baby wipes and the wet wipes and the Imodium and, you know, the whole shebang, the Pedialyte, you know, your girl's got it covered. But, yeah, let's just say everyone was staring at me. And thank God we were in business class because I don't know what I would have done, you know, in coach because many people need to use the bathroom in coach. And we were on a double-decker plane, so we were upstairs as well. So there was only 10 rows. And so I was the only asshole pun intended, like using the bathroom. But everyone was just like looking at me like maybe she has an eating disorder. But I was like, nope, just shitting my pants because I ate some baked beans that had probably been just sitting out for hours in the airport lounge. And so that concludes my trip. We came back alive. And the day I came back, I literally slept for 48 hours straight because I had taken on the burden of just making sure we were safe because I decided to go to these places. And, you know, 
that that was probably the most risque trip that I've been on. You know, I've been to quite a few places, but you know, you're kind of in no man's land in these places because you're in the desert and no one's coming to get you, hun. But it was the trip of a lifetime and these are memories I'll cherish forever. And the people, the people of Jordan, the people of Israel, the people of Egypt, you know, everyone was just so kind. And I think what really broke my heart was just seeing a lot of children working in the markets, the same kind of stuff you see in India. And you just come back and you're just grateful for your life in America. I mean, the poorest person in America has a better life than the, the average person in India. I'm just going to put it out there. And so thank you for listening. I, I hope, you know, you enjoyed hearing about my trip. And if you ever want to go to any of these places, feel free to contact me and I will definitely, you know, give you tips and, you know, Again, if you can, go see the world, guys. Go see the world. Bye. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.